This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to a special Sunbelt Tournament Edition, episode 120 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm joined today by Brady and David. Georgia State's men's basketball team had their quarterfinal matchup against Arkansas State this evening as of recording this podcast and used some late game heroics to beat the Red Wolves 65 to 62. The Panthers will face off against Appalachian State in the semifinals. But before we discuss that, let's go over what happened in the quarterfinal. So against Arkansas State, Georgia State led for much of the second half, but a late surge from the Red Wolves made things a lot closer down the stretch. Arkansas State took their first lead since 14-13 in the first half, when Marquise Davis hit a three-pointer with four minutes and 36 seconds to go. Kane Williams put the Panthers on his back from then out, scoring the final eight points by himself, including his first three-pointer of the night with a minute 50 left that made it a four-point lead for GSU. Despite missing three of four free throws in the final minute, Williams came up the hero win up by three in the final seconds. He stole the ball from Marquise Eaton and dribbled out the clock to seal the win. Defense was what sealed the victory for the Panthers overall as they held Arkansas State to 35.6% shooting and four of 17 from three while also creating 16 turnovers and only committing 11 of their own. Williams was the Panthers' leading scorer with 23 points. Corey Allen added 11 points and two assists. Elioso Seme had a double-double with 10 points and 12 rebounds. The Panthers, as a team, had a poor shooting night from three-point range. However, they were excellent at the free-throw line, going a perfect 16-for-16 until Jalen Thomas missed the team's first free-throw with three minutes and two seconds left in the second half. So, gentlemen, lots to discuss about this game. What you got? it's funny all year all year we talked about all right the senior guards they have to be the ones that show their experience they have to be the ones that put the team on their back and i feel like specifically the last couple of weeks that is exactly what we've seen i you you could feel that kane decided that this game was not going to be a loss when arkansas state kind of you know took that momentum and you know even the commentators were talking about how you know kane took the ball up and you know they just kept saying wow georgia state looks very poised you know they they're they're not breaking they're not flinching you know arkansas state has all this momentum you know norchad omir you know phenomenal basketball player he kind of took over that game arkansas state started hitting some shots and you know georgia state went through a couple of droughts without scoring and every single time arkansas state came down the floor and you know hit a crazy shot or you know made some free throws or you know whatever okay just took the ball up and was just like guys we're we're not going home today and i mean the performance was incredible you know we could sit here and talk about the first 35, you know, 40, not 40. Yeah. The first 35 minutes and how I think that Georgia state played really well defensively, you know, especially on Omir in that first half. But, you know, I really just want to give so much credit and praise to Kane Williams because as Jordan said, he put the Panthers on his back and it's the reason why we're going to be talking about Georgia state tomorrow. Yeah. uh, The team came out. I think they were, these are new. They were wearing warm-up shirts that said no quit on them in all caps with the Panther head. If I was a better writer, I would have threaded something in in my story to tie it into the game and all because like that that is what happened is that you were in a situation where you had a double digit lead and you really could have been up by more by the point that they took that lead in the second half and because earlier in the second half, out of the locker room really the energy was great and they built 
they could have built on a five point lead and made it 10 by that point. They didn't, they did a little bit later on and then Arkansas state made their runs. And the second one that Arkansas state made, they got on top, but down the stretch, these are the games they've been winning the last couple of weeks. And we saw it again and it's why they're playing another day. And like you say, above all Kane Williams stood out and you know, it, it just reached the point where, Whenever he had the ball on offense, it was clear he just wasn't going to give it up. And sometimes that's dangerous. And we've seen people wearing Georgia State uniforms maybe do that to a fault at times. But this was absolutely the right move. I think everyone else kind of felt it and let him do his thing. And I don't even know that the three he hit was a great decision, but it was a great shot because it went in. And at that point, they went up by four. They still had to withstand some. And then, yeah, in that final minute, he missed three or four uh, free throws, but he got that steal. And I just want to say that if he had missed those first two free throws is a convoluted way to milk 10 seconds off the clock and then just hit two more, it would have been a great strategy. The problem with it was that he missed one of the two the second time he tried the free throws, but um, still got that big steal. George State gets a big win. Okay, so he did miss those free throws, but I just I have to criticize the ref like just for a moment because, you know, we don't love talking about officiating here and like that's fine. If a player says the ball is wet, do not wipe it on your pants. There are people behind you, behind the basket, who can get you a towel. I'm not going to tell you that Kane missed those free throws because the ball. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to tell you that Kane missed those free throws because the ball was wet. But I am going to say that for somebody who has been excellent at free throws, those two shots that he shot looked way different than any other shot. And I know that the ref just before then wiped the basketball that was apparently slick on his pants, which come on, that's that's not drying the basketball. Just get another basketball. Uh, but but wait, to, to that point, kind of the free throw shooting, Georgia State missed a few in the final minutes. They missed the front end of a couple of one and ones that would have given Arkansas State a chance to add on. I don't think they did in maybe in one of the cases they did. They got points the other way. But it, I guess there's kind of a theme that I'm going to tie into a couple of the things that went on in the game here, because with that one, you were perfect 16 to 16 to that point. And so you'd kind of banked in some, ah, well, you missed this one because you needed all 16 of those. And in the same way, Norchad Armir did a lot more for Arkansas State in the second half. He's far and away the best player of the conference this year, had a good night ultimately, despite getting really frustrated by the guys down low by Georgia State. But because you did such a good job on him in the first half, the fact that he had a good game and got them back in the game, yeah, it, it made it close down the stretch. But, you know, if he did what he did to ULM and he's sitting there in double digits at halftime, perfect from the field, then you don't have that banked up ready. Like, you can't rely on where you are. Like, who knows what the score would have been if he is having his usual output like he had done two nights ago. So, you know, the shooting for Georgia State wasn't very good most of the night. Just a couple of times they got some shots when they needed to. But those things were good enough of the night. So even though that he started having a better game and you had those lapses of the free throws, you'd done enough through the game that you made an, you were in a position you could still win. Important because I thought they did a really good job defensively this game. You know, in that first half, 
it really seemed like the bigs for Georgia State just decided that Omir is not going to be the reason that they are, you know, trailing. And, you know, he had six points. He was three for three for eight from the field and he had seven rebounds. Like, you know, you take that in a half of basketball. But, you know, we're talking about a premier player in the Sunbelt Conference. You know, he finished the game with 21 points like that's. Like I said, we're talking about one of the best players, if not the best. I mean, he was voted the best player this year, you know, and I thought the work that Eliel and Jalen did down on the block. I mean, they did such a good job of recovering on shots that, you know, Norchad was putting up. They were able to affect, you know, the, what he was trying to do. You know, there were plenty of times where it just looked like I, you know, I'm not a body language expert, but it just seemed like Omir was kind of taking himself out of the game and out of the play just because of the way that Jalen and, you know, Eliel was, you know, defending him. And I think if Georgia State doesn't get in foul trouble as they did in the second half, you know, maybe his impact isn't as strong. And, you know, I kind of caveat that is he was getting a lot of fouls, obviously, that like that was kind of the second half game plan for him, you know, kind of get him at the free throw line, get him some shots just to, you know, kind of get comfortable. That's, you know, a totally sound strategy. But like I said, I still think that Georgia State did a good job of defending him and how they had to. Yeah, and I think just in general, they were really smart in the second half that they started getting contact. And there was kind of a discrepancy, but, you know, just honestly, the way the game was playing, like, I think it's totally on balance that Georgia State was committing more fouls than they were having called on Arkansas. Like, Arkansas State was being aggressive getting to the rim, Georgia State on offense. I mean, if, if you want to switch to that, it, they kind of felt like they were getting affected by what Arkansas State was doing defensively too because there were so many possessions where it would get down into single digits on the shot clock and you basically just had guys walking around the perimeter or passing around the perimeter trying to find an opening and not being there and then it would end with someone just kind of throwing up a shot and not going in and... You know, that it isn't a, a formula for success. I think that it's it, it looked off even from the fact that we've seen Georgia State just not make shots. Um, like, it stood out to me that it just wasn't a perfectly cogent, comfortable performance offensively for them. But down the stretch, you got it in the hands of the guy who was the one who was making the smart plays, namely Kane, and you got out of it you made enough shots. You know, Evan Johnson had a pretty big three earlier in the second half that gave you a little bit of a cushion as well. So that's something that, you know, the quest goes on for finding that again. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that when Georgia State loses their final game this year, whether it's in the semifinal, whether it's in the final, whether it is in the NCAA champ, uh, tournament, it's going to be because the offense was just, bad enough to a level that it let them down. The defense couldn't pick them up. And that's just the story of this Georgia State team. Um, but tonight wasn't that night. You know, it's it's hard kind of projecting that to go forward because I personally thought that the team that played yesterday, like I thought because of the way that the Sun Belt changed their uh, tournament schedule, I figured that the teams that played on the first day, which was Thursday, all of them would come out much hotter than the teams that had the rest, just because they had the extra day and teams you kind of use that to travel if they had a buy. And that wasn't the case necessarily for this game. You know, Georgia State kind of came out, they kind of hit Arkansas State early um, and they were 
able to, you know, like after Georgia State kind of took over that lead when it was uh, 15, 15, 14 Georgia State, you know, Georgia State kind of consistently push their lead, you know, almost to 10 points. Like Arkansas state never really kind of got going um, until that second half point. So, you know, I, now that Georgia state has a game under their belt, you know, we'll see what that looks like. But I think, you know, kind of in the same way that they had that good offensive performance later on in the season, like, it, you know, they'll, they will find a way to hit shots. You know, they won't go four for 21 from three, hopefully. Um, but you're right. They are going to need to, if they do continue to progress in the tournament and, you know, make a bid at the NCAA tournament, they're going to need to find shooting because, you know, it, it didn't look bad necessarily today. It just wasn't as crisp as it's been. I'm glad you talked about the, uh, the buy situation because I really wanted to mention my thoughts on this, but I didn't. Well, I should say, I'm glad you brought it up and I'm glad that Georgia state won and I can talk about it because I don't want it to sound like a sour grapes thing. But the way that this is constructed with the buy is not, it's kind of counter to the idea that it's supposed to be an advantage for a team. Because if you look at it, the teams who played on Thursday in the first round get, are off on Friday. They play on Saturday. That's the Sunbelt schedule this year. So you just basically kept teams on schedule and the other teams have gone eight days without playing. And so if it's supposed to be this advantage, like there's always the idea that the team who's already played a game is going to be hot. And that's always going to be caked into the risk of, you know, playing the team who's had to play three games versus the team who's only had to play one, whatever, you know, later on in the tournament. But there's always that they've played the day before involved in that. So it's still like, at some point your legs might catch up to you. Whereas they've had a day off and it's the schedule they've run all year. And so it's kind of reality because the Sunbelt tournaments in Pensacola for the foreseeable future. And the women's tournament is also running at the same time. And they're going to run it this way to where the women's starts on Wednesday. They have their day off on the Thursday, then play on the Friday when the men have their day off. And there's, I don't know that there's a solution to this problem, but even though it didn't really cost Georgia State, although I would say I think right at the beginning of the game, Arkansas State was the crisper, hotter team. Georgia State just did a better job of stemming it than certainly Texas State, who we haven't talked about the other games, but wildness ensued. And they did a quicker job of getting over it than Troy, who beat Little Rock, but it went down almost to the end for them. So I just wanted to, you know, I don't think it would have had an impact. Like, it's not like I would have been sitting here if Georgia state lost and been like, that's the reason why. And so that's why I didn't really want to have to mention it in that case. So another reason to be glad Georgia state won, but it's a, it it just seems like it isn't going to act as it is intended to like, it's, if you're going to do it that way, like it, it just isn't working for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm not really sure what the solution is. I'll be honest, but it just seems like the advantage isn't necessarily gained by the way that they did the off day. And especially because you then have to play three games and, you know, three days with the Saturday, Sunday and Monday. It's just, it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that's conducive of the result that you want. I mean, the only other thing really to mention for me for the game is 
this is the second game in three that Nelson Phillips didn't play. Um, there were obvious times where you would have seen him, namely when Colin Moore got into super bad foul trouble in the second half and committed like two fouls in the space of a minute. And so it seemed kind of obvious that it was the same deal where Kochner didn't really go into it after the ULM game when he didn't play, but basically said it was a coach's decision. And he was there. I saw him going through warmups, shooting the ball. So it's not necessarily a health thing. I guess we just take it as it is, but just an underlying thing there that, you know, Georgia state might be operating without a guy they've usually had as one of their steadier rotation guys. And we don't know all of what's going on there, but obviously he's not got the confidence of the coaching staff to play and didn't play. I, you know, if, if he was going to be able to play the game presented itself to where an obvious situation for him to play. And so given that he didn't at all, that tells me a lot. It does, you know, like I think it's good that Georgia State was able to weather that. And, you know, we've talked about the depth all year. It's important to have that. And I think that Georgia State, you know, bless Colin Moore. And I think Colin Moore had a good performance. You know, he only had two points on the free throws, but I felt like he was very impactful um, in the minutes that he did play. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Georgia State is going to have to tap into the depth if this is going to be the case, if uh, Nelson's not going to be able to play. Let's go ahead and talk about today's opponent. App State, 8.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus and WRSM 88.5, taking on the Mountaineers in the semifinal game. Gentlemen, what are our thoughts? So it's a team that each of the team won the road game in the regular season. It's obviously the team that won in the championship game, this rematch of last year's final that App State was able to win, go to the NCAA tournament. And so I don't, you know, I don't think that there's any kind of stated this is the game we want to win, but I'm sure now that it's shaken out the way it has, that Georgia State wouldn't mind a shot at revenge and wouldn't mind that they have to go through the team that knocked them out last year to do it. And, you know, it's another going it, to... It's going to be another slugfest. You know, this is another team that really is defense first and... That's kind of how the first two games played out. Georgia State did it better in Boone, and they were able to win. Uh, Justin Forrest had the ball last in Atlanta, and so App State was able to win uh, because both teams kind of got a clutch shot down the stretch. His was the one when the clocks were hitting zeros. And so these are pretty evenly matched teams. I think we could very clearly see another game that's going to raise the heart rate of you know, raise the blood pressure of Panther Nation, go down to the end of the game like this one against Arkansas State did. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that game, that second game against App State in Boone, uh, Jalen Thomas was kind of the star of that game. And I remember Coach's comments, you know, being something to the effect of, you know, we don't have good shooters right now. Um, but he was still proud of the what limited offensive production, you know, like Thomas and guys like Thomas were able to bring. And, you know, that's going to be key again. You know, App State doesn't run a deep rotation. You know, we've talked about Georgia State's depth all year, and this is going to have to be another one of those games where, you know, guys that are coming off the bench, Jaheim, Colin, Evan Johnson, you know, uh, they're just going to have to step up and give you something. And I think the three point shooting, it is what it is. You know, I think 
the defense, if they're continuing to get steals like they were, if they're continuing to block shots and the bigs are playing well like they did against App State that the last time they played, it's probably going to go well for Georgia State, but you can't necessarily rely on that, you know. Justin Forrest and, you know, Michael Almonese, like those those are two guards that this is the time of year where they take over. And so you have to be on your toes and you've got to be playing team defense to keep them from doing that. Because if you just let either one of those guys get hot, it's going to be a long, long evening for Georgia State. Not to mention Adrian Delph, who went crazy when the team is played in Atlanta and almost dropped 30. You know, he's the guy who they're all kind of guards that him, Almonacy, and Forrest, that when they're on one, they just keep dropping them in from three, and so you got to not let them see it go through the hoop once. But, yeah, I guess this is kind of like what I said. I don't want to just completely copy-paste what I said the time the, the last time these teams played, but, like, you are going to have to have your guards, plural, be better than their guards, plural, to get this one into the win column. And so I think... It doesn't have to be Kane. It doesn't have to be Corey. But I think it's going to have to be a combination of guys, and it, it doesn't matter how, but I think whether it's Corey or Justin finding their three-point shooting stroke or Kane giving the line 16 times and making 15 of them, like the guys are going to have to have their impact, and it'll be easier for Georgia State if it's in the way of shooting the 45% from three and all finding it all at once. but. That's not necessarily the realistic expectation because App State does what they do defensively and make it very hard and they get out on three-point shooters. But yeah, I I think this is partly the game that Georgia State would have wanted to avoid, all things equal, and also the one that they wanted so they could get this win and have it completely erase what happened last year, move on, and move towards the championship, which, again, we haven't totally covered the other side, but, like, Texas State was the one seed, and they lost to AC Louisiana. Troy almost lost, but uh, pulled it through against 12-seed Little Rock, who had upset number five South Alabama in the opening game. So, such as you would be worried about the one seed, and I don't think that Texas State was this dominating one seed over the rest of the conference like there's been in recent years you know not like when georgia state was the team that went ahead and beat baylor or or like the louisiana team that lost in the tournament or uta you know back-to-back years they both had the conference champion teams something like 27 wins each those were big losses for the conference because those were like the big dogs like clearly the best team to represent the conference And this year, I don't think it's been that. I think it's been pretty wide open. I think as evidenced by all these upsets that have happened, it's not been a case where one top dog should represent the conference. And But anyway, digressing from that, they're out. Texas State's out. So if you were worried about the one seed, if you win against App State, you're going to play a four seed or an eight seed, which just sounds better on paper. Hey, you know what? I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but you're right. The path for Georgia State is there. That's all I'll say on that. But, you know, take care of business against App State and you you're in a good spot. 
Yeah, we, we can look forward. We don't have to wear a uniform or play organized basketball the next day. So we can at least mention it. Like, obviously, no resting on laurel should happen. But it is worth mentioning that, you know, the number one seed is out. And I guess, you know, big picture, Texas Tech is the NIT bid. That's not terrible for the conference to have a team in both. But uh, I guess... I'm glad I'm not a Texas State pod right now because there's questions that need to be asked and answered there because kind of the second straight year they've had this complete collapse in Pensacola after a great regular season. And, you know, at least Georgia State won one of the games in the tournament before they lost the first year when they went 17-1 the Sun Belt. Okay, so that's going to do it for this special late night episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. Yeah, Panthers playing tonight, probably by the time you're listening to this, uh, 8.30 p.m. in Pensacola. Go watch the game. It's not a bad drive. Brady did it in uh, one day before the uh, before the game tipped off tonight. We out here. So yeah, like go support the team. Anyway, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPN Plus, WRSFM 88.5 if you can't go. But if you can, make the trip. Go cheer on the Panthers, and we'll see what happens tonight. But yeah, that's all we got. See you next time. Go Panthers.